0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Stumptown Radio, Stumptown Footies, Portland Timbers, and Portland Thorns podcast. I've been told that I open these episodes sounding like I'm talking to somebody on the telephone, but you know what? We're just going to lean into it and we're just going to keep chatting with Alex. <laughs> My name is Sam Sfiller, uh, managing editor of Stumptown Footy, Portland Timbers and Portland Thorns blog. I'm um, here to preview the 2024 MLS season. Yes, it is here. No, we are not ready. But hey, we're doing it anyway. Alex is rubbing his hands in anticipation. We're ready, ready to go. <laughs> Alex is ready. That was the voice, fellow contributor on Stumptown Footy, Alex Barnes. Hello, Alex. How are you doing today? Hello, good to be back. Yeah, happy to have you back. And then, as always, it appears now, um, not to put any pressure on you, but also joined by Fook Nguyen, once again, on Subtown Radio. How you doing, Fook?
1: Hello. And uh, Sam, you, you lean into that voice, man. You lean into it. All right. The telling
0: tale will be how I will end the episode, because I always end them with just being like, thanks, bye. That's literally like how I close like my voicemail message, or just like how I end a phone call. So Ends customer service. Fair. fair. You ca- oh, so not customer. Customer service voice is a whole other thing. Um, there's many voices that I've had to adopt in like professional life. I did send a brief stint, like a few months working at a sports apparel store and my customer service voice was apparently not good because I was oh. the worst salesperson in um, <laughs> the entire score. Surprise, nobody. But I could sell a Timbers kit probably, which if you are watching right now, I am rocking. The new Nature Unites Us, Portland Timbers secondary kit, which I will say I enjoy better looking in person. As you can see, also Alex has his as well. Fuu has his box. It's in there. We promise he actually has the the uh, the kit in in the box. Um, I will say, for those that haven't seen it in person, I think it looks better in person than it is in the photos. I will say the uh, the, the contrast between the colors looks uh, looks pretty good. Alex, I know you have a lot of feelings about about the New Jersey.
2: I'll say this: I am a fan of clean simple kits with like bold colors. And you know, this is, this is one that a lot of people like, um, I don't think it's a bad kit, but I would just say that I would have preferred the, the branch colors to be a little bit darker. Like if they were the same colors, the Adidas stripes and the bordering on it, I think I said it would feel a lot more timbery um that's not to say it's a bad kid I think it's it's one that a lot of people like it's just not my favorite they've ever done
0: that's fair I I think it's for me I I tweeted this out it's like up there with like all of like just you know the quote-unquote plain white jerseys that they've done in the past is probably my favorite because you know that bar is not necessarily high but it's a good one I think I am always a fan of when teams try something when they have an idea and they're like we're just gonna go for it we're gonna throw it out there right um, Fook, and I know you have feelings about the idea and in particular how it was executed with the jersey.
1: Yeah, no, I, I had the same opinion as you, Sam. I think just the fact that they went for it says a lot. I always I told Alex this. Me and Alex differ on so many kits when we went over together. It was weird. We spent like an hour just going back and forth and we're I like out of like all the kits, we only agreed on like four of them, I think. Just our opinion. So that was cool. I'm but passionate about kit. kids. <laughs> What's up?
2: I'm passionate about kids.
1: <laughs> hey, I respect it, bro. I respect it. But I, I do realize you and I really like black and gold kids. So that's that's pretty nice because I just think it just looks so sleek. But getting back to this one, I just, the execution, I like the ideas with the trees on the side, Sam. I thought it was elite, just the idea alone. But just kind of seeing like how, like I understand the story behind it now, which is cool, but just kind of the colors, like Alex said, it doesn't feel like it's really authentic to what the timbers is and who they are you know so that's just kind of where it kind of went and then the center logo that should be illegal unless you're you know philly the philly union like outside of that it just the center logo just looks terrible to me um so just kind of that just padding on to the colors and everything just execution thought was really lacking i gave it a six out of ten i usually don't give anything higher than a seven and a half anyways so Six is pretty high, I guess. But uh, yeah, they kind of f- fixed the colors, the center uh, logo. I would probably give it close to an eight, but it just wasn't there for me in the end.
2: Tough person yeah, to please. piggyback off of uh, Fook with that, I think MLS clubs have to deal with a lot of constraints from Adidas when it comes to um, the formatting of the kits. Uh, center, Crest being one of them design not following around to the back side of a kit being the other one that really just irks me. Yeah. I can probably show better than Sam since he's wearing it. But um, I think if, if like the branches came around to the back a little bit, I think I would like it more too, but yeah. just stuff you got to deal with, with Adidas.
0: Good old, good old single entity with MLS. That's, that's how they roll. And also that a lot of these jerseys, like this one was probably designed, what, like two or three years ago, They designed these things in advance. I think, I don't know if that's changed, but that definitely has been the story with the jerseys so far. But one way or another, they got these. They'll be on the field. I'm not sure if they're going to be wearing them on Saturday, but the Timbers will be playing on Saturday. Their MLS season kicks off on Saturday night at Providence Park, 7.30 p.m. against the Colorado Rapids. In advance of that game, they held their annual media day down at the Timbers training session Today we're recording this on Tuesday evening after media day. Uh, Alex was attending in person. He got to see a full training and then attend press conferences with Ned Grabavoy, Phil Neville, and a handful of players. I think there was six players that kind of came through in some groups of two. Alex, I would love to hear what are your takeaways. What is Ned Grabavoy's master plan? Please tell me how to feel about the Timbers.
2: Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually pretty refreshing how long Ned was available um, to media. It was like right around 18 minutes ish. Um, if my phone recording is anything to go by, but, um, yeah, I I think obviously the main thing that everybody's talking about, uh, in Timber's circles is that pesky DP signing that is not here yet. And where is it? The DP and it's been four months. And, uh, it, Ned said that if he had to put a timeline on it it is going to be around 7 to 10 days from now um which again it's february 20th so theoretically by the end of the month the timbers dp should be here i thought it was also interesting that he when asked about like what type of player it was he didn't call it a number 9 or a striker he said a goal scorer um so maybe maybe not the traditional poacher-esque Felipe Mora out and out number nine that that some people are thinking, but rather I think it's probably going to be a guy with, if, with pace if he's capable of playing multiple positions. Other than that, um, other takeaways, Ned said that aside from the designated player, um, other signings are, are probably going to be younger supplemental players he he said slots sort of 25 through 30 on the roster so not guys that are going to play a whole bunch of minutes but but young prospects that they could bring in to to develop um i think one name and this is not sourced in any way this is just how i'm reading the tea leaves from preseason but one name um that you guys could see signed um to a first team deal is uh, Jaden Jones Riley who's uh Right back, right wing back um, from T2. I think he could probably be brought up. He's played a lot in preseason um, with with Mascara, gone on Colombian national team duty. Um, but is back now.
0: So Al- Alex Barnes, breaking news. Jaden Jones, Riley to sign five-year deal with the Portland teams. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yep, exactly. For-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those were my words verbatim. Uh, um, Come
0: at us, Tom Bogart.
2: <laughs> yeah. Tom Boger, eat your heart out. And along along the lines of like bringing up T2 players and uh, academy prospects, um, I thought Phil Neville's comments at the press conference were really kind of insightful into his sort of philosophy um, going forward with the club in that he said, in the next couple of seasons, um, expect to see local kids from from Portland getting deals and regularly playing with the first team. We saw Sora Yura, who's from Bend, sign that homegrown deal. He's going to play with T2 this season. And then in 2025, that that deal kicks into a first team contract. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, just wanted to get your guys' takeaways. Uh, if you thought you heard of anything else interesting at media day.
0: I think I've got you raised that point about uh young players and academy players integrating because that was something that from the start Phil Neville and Ed Grabboway says they want to establish more. They want to kind of establish a stronger pipeline from the academy to the first team. Um you mentioned yeah young players there's been several T2 players academy kids that have been getting time with the Timbers during preseason. Um and you know I think you're seeing a greater kind of emphasis on the Timbers Academy. The Timbers Academy is much more active on on social media, on on Twitter you're seeing content from the 17s kind of playing um currently so you know it's intentional behind all of that and you're right i think the timbers roster has very quietly not necessarily like in a big way but very quietly been starting to stem towards some younger players in the past couple of years now diego chara who is going to be turning 38 soon he is also he's still starting you know you still have guys like felipe Mora who are still starting who are you know getting up there in age, you know, Darren Espria, still kind of part of the squad, but, you know, there is a grams of song young players. You mentioned Jaden Jones, Riley, he could be another player that could kind of lean into it. I also thought it was notable. I, I think Alex, you, you share this beforehand. Uh, Phil Neville didn't single out many players as to, you know, preseason. He said that the squad looked good in preseason. He did single out Anthony U22 Brazilian winger as his quote, the best player in preseason. Just high praise, considering you have a team that has, you know, Diego Chara, Eric Williamson, Evander, um, highlighting Anthony, who has yet to have a full year in Portland. He was signed in the summer, um, but he started a lot of with the, you know, presumed first team first team players in their preseason games. So he's he's kind of been primed for big things and it sounds like Phil Neville has seen big things from him. So I thought that was interesting as well um, in some of those preseason comments just to. Just to kind of see like where the levels at, at where the squad is at. Yeah, i could love to hear from you what you think.
1: Yeah, no, I really appreciated uh, Phil's candidness. To be honest with you, um, one of the first things he kind of said was, "Look." Until we get these DPs in, like it's not, he's not telling people to grade him on a curve until then, but he's pretty much is (laughs) pretty much, which is totally fine with me. Because at the end of the day, he was, you know, he said he wants to play on a level playing field until he gets that. It's not really fair. And I do agree with that for for the most part. So just kind of the first two games, it seems like it's going to be trying to hold down the fort using what they have and everything like that. Um, which is a little scary to me just because we're looking at this, you know, there's, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but just how thin this uh, kind of like certain spots are really scares the living daylights out of me. Like unless somebody's going to play out of position, it's just not going to look pretty. So we'll see how it goes, but luckily they're playing at home and that should be a big boost. But yeah, that's kind of the big takeaway I got from today. Um, And then also just kind of the Anthony thing was really good just because from what I've seen so far from just like the limited footage we got, he's looking amazing. Um, And, Got in a lot of rave reviews about him, too. So just kind of hearing out from Bill is uh, was really good to hear as well. And, you know, just hearing from the players and just their excitement, you know, like the opening day excitement just kind of never changes for a professional. So that's kind of cool to to also hear as well.
0: Feels like everyone's ready. Feels like everyone's kind of ready to be like, all right, let's get the show on the road. Let's get this thing rolling.
2: I think that was my sorry to cut you off there. I think that was my overriding feeling coming out of media day was just. That that theme of being ready and everybody being excited for opening day, that was definitely a point that was hit on a lot by a lot of different people who were not in the same room at the same time saying them. So I think that's a real focus.
0: And that's significant because, yeah, like I said, in a few short days and or hours, depending on when you're listening to this, the Timber season will kick off. They are opening at home, like I said, uh, against the Colorado Rapids at 730 uh on saturday night providence park we'll talk a little bit about that particular matchup and that particular game in a minute but overall you know the timbers are entering entering a 2024 season after you know a pair of pretty disappointing years you know at the end of 2021 portland was a couple of missed goals a pk shootout away from listing mls cup and they followed that up by missing the playoffs uh two years in a row which is the first time that that's happened to the Timbers since their beginning in MLS in 2011 and 2012, which is not a time that a lot of people remember fondly for results in MLS. So, you know, Disappointed by Timber standards. And as we all know, in the 2023 season, uh, head coach Giovanni Savarese uh, was fired halfway through this season, a little bit more than halfway through in July. Miles Joseph came on, led a valiant last-ditch charge up the table, which came up short. Portland missed the playoffs by one point, yet again. uh, Two years in a row, missing it by one point. And so now they enter 2024 with a new head coach. It sounds like a very much renewed sense of excitement maybe a little more positivity kind of coming to the squad a fresh start and a fresh set of expectations so to preview the season I'd love to chat with you guys kind of about you know everything that's going on with this Timbers team as it exists right now like Alex mentioned we're still kind of waiting on maybe a handful of other signings but as this Timbers roster exists right now that we're probably going to be seeing on opening night we'd love to hear from you all what you think the expectations for the season are what are this team's biggest strengths and weaknesses what are the big questions that you all think will define the season? Any sort of specific, wild, weird, hot takes that you want to throw out there when the season is young and optimism springs eternal? And then, of course, a prediction in the final standings, which you all at home can print out and laminate and then present to us. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that is a reference to Josh Wolf and Austin FC. Look it up. Um, Alex, I would love to hear from you first your thoughts on... The Timbers' 2024
2: season. Yeah. So uh, in terms of opening night, one thing we we maybe forgot to touch on with the media day comments is injury stuff. Sounds like in the Timbers' last preseason game against Chicago, Felipe Mora picked up a toe injury.
0: I think Phil Neville said he just got kicked really hard. Yeah,
2: he took a nasty kick. <laughs> with something along like, those lines.
0: It feels like something that's like soccer players should just be like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. But like, yeah. Wow, that sounds painful.
2: Yeah, I mean, significant enough to keep him out of training altogether today, which is a big deal with the season being four nights away. Um, But yeah, other than him, I think Max Grapeau is also dealing with um, some green card issues right now. He was not with the team today as well. Um, I think Phil sounded pretty confident that he would be available by the weekend. Um, Same with Mora, for what it's worth. Um, And then... Uh, the only other two players that were training off to the side today were uh, David Ayala and Larry Mabiala, who are Ali, Ayala is still uh, recovering from his ACL injury last season. Uh, he said he's probably about three to four weeks behind Eric Williamson for reference. Um, and then Mabiala uh, was just dealing with old legs, from what it sounds like. <laughs> so um, now Mabiala is the fifth choice center back, and that's pretty good option to have. So um, sounds like both those guys will be at least available for the match day squad um, in terms of expectations this season. I think the very, very minimum is playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs in two years. Ned Grabovoy said again today, the roster has been good enough to make to bet to do better essentially. Um, and that just needs to be the bare minimum, what they get done. Um, biggest strength going into the season I think goalkeeper and center back department, um, Max Kripo is just a flat out upgrade on what they've had the last couple seasons. And Kamal Miller is good enough to displace Dario Zuperich in the starting lineup. Uh, and that is no small feat. Noted,
0: so, noted best player in MLS. Daria. Best player in
2: MLS, Dario <laughs> Um <clears throat> More on him later, potentially. But uh, biggest weakness right now, I think, is just fullback and overall veteran attacking depth. Um, they are so light, uh, as currently constructed, at left back especially. Um, but with Jaden Jones-Riley not officially signed to a first-team deal, it's, it's really Eric Miller and Juan Mascara that are the fullbacks. Um, Miller time, as as the Stumptown boys called him last episode. <laughs>
0: we did that. I hate that. That's not a thing
2: now. As a fan of Miller High Life, I loved it a lot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if he
0: scores, if either Miller scores a header, which I mean, I think is likely, considering Kamal Miller's size. We, we got to have some sort of Miller Highlife tweet or something ready to go. Or, like,
2: I thought you were going to be something. like, you have to shotgun a Miller Highlife on,
0: Jam
2: or more <laughs> dos. like, like why, why not both? Okay, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, uh, one big question I have, um, obviously, how will the DP Ford perform? But that's you can't really judge that when they're not here yet. Um, so overall, like will the team be able to score more goals than they did in 2023? That was a huge issue. Two of the, I would say, and this might be harsh, but biggest culprits for wasting chances, uh, Jimmy Chara and Yaro Nizgoda, are now not on the roster. So I think that might be a case of uh, addition by, by subtraction when it comes to goal scoring. Um, and, you know, I tweeted it out today. Nathan looked very sharp in the finishing drills. (laughs) So could be the year of Nathan Fogasa. Um, Final finish, drum roll. I have them seventh in the West at the moment. Um, That could go up to fifth, depending on how good the DP is and what they do in the summer. Uh, That could go down to 10th if they sign a flop of a DP and they could miss the playoffs again. I think the season really does just hinge on who they bring in and how good they end up being.
0: Agreed. I think for those, for reference, again, MLS still hasn't officially announced its playoff format for 2024. But if we are operating off of what 2023 is, that's if they did finish seventh, that would put them into the first round. They would avoid the play in round and they would not be... Well, if MLS keeps the same format of the home and home and home... Best of three portland would be slated to host the second leg in that best of three kind of format so that is where it could this land for the timbers um fook do you agree disagree where do you think the timbers uh, will
1: land? i mean first 24? off i can't believe i'm saying this but nwsl actually got their playoff uh system like done asap so this is really weird to see mls not figuring anything out
0: i didn't even realize uh, that i can't even believe we're yeah, like eight more teams like year. a month out yeah. A month out. And we, st- we know everything about NDSL. We know what everything is. And the MLS is like, I, I don't know, whatever, whatever it takes to get Miami into the postseason. What?
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, that season's coming up too. Yeah. Just the fact that they're starting, you know, in Kansas city at a woman specific soccer stadium is really cool. So um, I think t- this season is going to be a lot of up and downs. I think we're used to that. I think the slow start is going to happen again. Uh, unfortunately, Especially, and, and I do feel bad because I do think Phil deserves a fair shake. And I think a lot of fans are going to jump off, you know, any bandwagon or good grace he's he might have earned um, just from the first month as the head coach. It's really unfortunate just because at this point he's looking at no left backs. You know what I mean? He's looking, you can't, you know, like, and it's really unfortunate the way it's set up. He doesn't even have his DPs in. He doesn't even... Have a full roster to even look at, right? So he's he's gonna be missing a lot of pieces for months, right? It's gonna take the DP at least, you know, a month to probably get settled, uh, assuming they start next week. Um, so just so I'm expecting a slow start, and I would not be shocked if they they you know they found a way to win the last you know, last year's opener, obviously, but it was really ugly how they won. I don't I don't expect them to play the kind of I don't want to call it the hit and run style, but it's really a hit and run style. Uh, You know, the absorb the rebound, you know, and things like that. I really do think they want to play on the front foot this year. Phil has already said he would like to uh, keep possession. We've talked to the midfielders this year, they would they said they all think they should be holding the ball way more. So, just kind of hearing that from them, just kind of the commitment to that will be really important this year. Uh, yes, yeah. So, that's my expectations. I do, Alex is right. They, if they they need to make the playoffs, there's no excuse, even if they start slow, they should be able to end uh, on a good note. You know, with all these uh the boys back sooner. Uh biggest strength I have is I actually agree with Phil Neville today. He, he said he thought their midfield depth was one of the best in MLS. I do agree with that. I just think they're too deep at every midfield position. So if somebody goes down, they'll be okay. And honestly, I don't think I can say that about any other position. Um, which scares the daylights enemy. So um biggest weakness, apparently knees. Um like knees aren't allowed. So just really, just really unfortunate. I really feel bad for these players that, you know, um, turf, you know, just play on turf obviously hurts, you know what I mean? Um, so that's, so we'll, we'll see a little bit more of that, unfortunately. So I think that's the kind of the, just this team just can't stay healthy the last few years. You know what I mean? Like we can't even have Felipe Mora possibly at, at this home opener, you know? So just kind of seeing that I think health is going to be another big issue this year. Unfortunately, I don't think they can do anything about it. Just hope the, the boys can, you know, prep as much as they can. What the biggest question I have, honestly, is who's going to be scoring most of the goals? Right? It's going to be supposed to be this DP. It sounds like it's a DP number seven, um, like uh, like a scoring winger. So, looking forward to that. Um, so, I'm pretty excited about that. I think Anthony scoring uh, this DP winger and Felipe can do a lot of damage, but I do think they still need another none- number nine. Um, Felipe, more like we've stated in the last podcast. has hasn't played a full season, like two, three seasons. So definitely need to look at that. So that's who's going to be scoring. Is it going to be by committee? Uh, I think that's the only way they can do it, right? So more, Santiago, Santiago's going to have to chip in with assist and uh, scoring. Uh, you're going to have to see Diron Aspiria start starting or coming off the bench score goals. You, you need to see the center back score out goals off set, uh, set pieces. So everyone's going to have to chip in. I think, you know, if this is going to work out, they, need a, they probably need uh, at least six, players to score five or more goals this year it has to be by committee there's no way they're not i don't think this unless they have a dp9 uh who can score 15 plus goals uh starting late i don't see it really kind of happening any other way uh and then i have them as sixth place so i think they're i think they're gonna start off really slow so that's gonna cost them you know top five obviously uh if they can weather just kind of like if phil neville can just make it work with what he has now for the first month I think they can get even higher up. But at this point, I have them at six. I just think they're going to start too slow again. Uh, And then they're having to get used to the system. Obviously, we've seen in preseason, um, the goals haven't really been there. I understand not everyone's playing full 90s. You know, they're splitting it up, but it would have been more encouraging to see some open play goals, some more open play chances, things like that. So I think there's going to be a learning curve with this new system as well. So just kind of seeing they could easily drop, like Alex said, drop down to 10th. uh, But I do think they end up making the playoffs. They'll find a way. Um, you know, so that's the bare minimum, but yeah, go ahead, Sam.
0: Find a way just like life, according to Jeff Goldblum, uh, Jurassic Park reference. Ding. There you go. And there's your dad joke of the episode, which, yep. I'm apparently good for one, one, an episode now. Um, Fook, you, you talked a little bit about that DP, uh, striker goal scorer. However, kind of Ned Grabo always kind of talked about it. I think now, now is a good point to mention that we really haven't had a lot of like concrete rumors about, who this player is going to be which for an mls transfer is pretty rare i would say um the closest we've gotten has been there's been reports i think from hercules gomez of espn fc um published in a few other articles that uh jonathan rodriguez cabasita uruguayan striker who plays in uh Liga Mex for club america has been linked with a move to mls writ large um some names of teams that have been linked with him it sounds like portland's name has been rolled out has been thrown out there as potential links, same with Dallas, same with Atlanta. It's always hard with these situations because of, as referenced, MLS being a single entity league, kind of how rights work, how discovery rights work, um, who agents are actually talking to. no idea if Portland has actually made contact with Rodriguez and if that's who the striker is going to be. Um, pros and cons, positives, negatives with that player that, you know, no use speculating right now over it um to echo something that both of you said i would agree with that that the dp players like that is what is gonna kind of determine portland season um phil neville said as much in his comments today you know he for, for for better or worse he knows mls like he knows what it takes to be successful in this league he knows what he didn't get in miami what he what he couldn't get or what he wasn't given to be successful as far as those designated players straight signings those are the the players that you look to, to lead the squad. And those are things that determine, you know, whether you win or not. He said something today to the effect of like, you know, we want somebody who could be able to carry the team on his back, put the team on his back and, you know, carry them through tough results. Um, I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation for, for a designated player. You look at some of the most successful DPs in the league, some of the most successful ones in, in Portland, uh, Diego Valeri, first one that comes to mind, Sebastian Blanco in his heyday, they had the ability to put the team on their back. So then boy who is you know been a little bit cagey and is kind of you know teasing this signing that will happen maybe before March, maybe by March one, we'll see. Um, that player, that signing, that will determine a lot of the expectations for this season. To echo both of you, yep, it's got to be playoffs. The Timbers have to make the playoffs this year. Um, if they don't, who oh boy? So yeah, I didn't think the vibes could get worse, but yep, there they are. It's important to note, Alex, you referenced this and and Fouke, you did as well. During the media day, kind of the media availabilities, both Ned Grabavoy and Phil Neville kind of tried to, I wouldn't say temper expectations, but be a little more like honest about their assessment of the squad right now. Phil Neville said that the squad still has a way to go. Ned Grabavoy was being honest about the goal kind of being progression in a positive direction. Wouldn't necessarily put a specific goal or a specific endpoint to it. So, you can already see some of the narratives forward if Portland starts a little bit slow out of the gate, which we are all unfortunately not necessarily strangers to, for some of those narratives that Portland likes to put out with saying, you know, what what's why there's low on the table in the spring and then why they have to do it. Um, the beauty, like you said, of MLS is that it's long. So there is time for them to do that. To that end, though, I wonder what the vibes around the club itself or inside the club itself will be if Portland you know, comes out and face, face plants. If they don't win both or either of these first two games they have at home, um, it'll be a real test of Phil Neville's leadership, which, hey, why not? Let's have a test of leadership before we're even officially in spring. As far as the strengths of Phil Neville's team, I'll echo kind of what Alex said with the back line, with the defense, specifically with the ability of the back line to communicate. I think that was a big miss from last season of lack of communication between players. I think with Kamal Miller and Zach McGraw, who have spent time together on the Canadian men's national team, they have a rapport, Maxime he he's about as solid of an MLS keeper as you can get. Um, So he's, he's as experienced, he'll be communicative. I think that will help keep things a little more coherent, kind of a little more, uh, collective on the back line, especially, you know, when you have players who like to attack forward, like Juan Mascara or Claudio Bravo, once he's healthy, that will make, um, hopefully stronger back line, um, biggest weakness wingers. I think the winger depth and winger is a huge question mark at this point. Yes. They have Santiago Reno. Yes. They have Anthony. Yes. They have Darwin Espria, um, All of those guys were here last year and Portland didn't get enough out of the winger position Uh, with Marvin Luria out that hurts their winger depth even more. Santiago Moreno is a player that plays on the wing, but he would like to cut inside. So width is kind of the question mark there as far as the wingers go. Um, And that could prove to be, you know, within a good attacking MLS team, they have multiple avenues, multiple ways to attack. If they don't have good wingers, that's one avenue kind of broken down. Press more pressure on a We see what happens when maybe a is has a lot of pressure and is you know reacts under pressure in the middle of the field. Maybe can't create space for himself. So it could cause a cascade of breakdowns of the attack. Um, which leads me to the big question of if things break down, if Portland's preferred style of play isn't on hand, if they can't control the ball, if they're facing an opponent that is timing everything they do how will Phil Neville adjust? So like the big question to me is Phil Neville's coaching. You know, when he was hired, a lot of people, me included, had strong reactions based upon his record in MLS. Um, he was in a tough situation in Miami. He led them to their first playoff appearance, which, you know, deserves to be recognized. And he got fired for having a very poor start to the 2023 season in MLS. So, you know, he said, like you like you referenced, Fook, he said, judge me now, judge me by what I'm doing. He's like, Okay, noted. We will. We will, Phil Neville. So the question is how well will he adapt? How well can he show that he knows his squad? How well can he get them prepared, make adjustments on the fly for opponents? There was a lot of talk during Media Day too about what they th- about kind of adjusting to opponent by opponent. So it really doesn't sound like this is going to be an ideologue style of team. It sounds like they will adjust to their opponents, which is smart. How well will they do that? How well can Phil Neville kind of set up his team? Um that's you know, probably, in my mind, the biggest question. In addition, I think both of the ones you raised are very, um, very specific. For, for the final standings prediction, in my mind, I'm going to go, it's maybe a little bit spicy. I see Portland finishing fifth in the Western Conference. I'm, I'm going to be, yeah, it's not not a spicy sport. I know they can push me here. I'm looking mostly at the standings from last year and which teams I could see the Timbers jumping, the teams that are above them. It, this roster as it stands, it's probably stronger than San Jose's. I would argue it's stronger than Real Salt Lakes. Houston kind of caught fire a little bit last year. I don't know if they're going to be as high. I could see them dropping a little bit. Um, People be more prepared, especially because it seems like all of their front line is injured in Houston to the start of the season. So they could be struggling. Then you have the likes of Vancouver, Dallas, Kansas City. Those are all teams that are probably on par talent-wise as far as the Timbers roster. Um, I could see Portland jumping all of them, you know? Like you said, it comes down to the DPs. It comes down to who they sign. I can see them finishing as fifth, as high as fifth, maybe even fourth, if they get those right. If they don't, yeah, 10th. We miss the playoffs again, which is fun, which is just going to help the vibes a ton in Portland. <laughs> what also might help the vibes, though, is, is maybe some spicy takes. So, as promised, what are your your weird prediction? Could be weird, could be wild, could be a hot take. Hit, hit me. Let me hear them.
2: I can start. I've got a kind of outside the box one. I think that Juan Mascara by the summer will be leading the Timbers in assists and will also be sold in the summer transfer window. How's that for let like take <laughs> That's uh, a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just see, especially at the start of the season with Eric Miller, Miller time projected to uh, play left back. Um, they're going to utilize Juan a lot on the right, I think moving forward. Um, and that lends itself to crosses coming into the box for Felipe Mora, for Diron Espria, for mystery DP number nine, seven, who knows? Um, but Ned, Ned Graveloy, I forgot his exact wording today, but he made a very interesting quote when talking about um, Juan Mascara and said that, um, they're projecting that this summer will be the one that they start receiving phone calls and bids for him um, from from other clubs. Um, and so I think if you're scouting right backs now and a big bid comes in for, for Juan and, and Juan wants to move and it's a good deal for the Timbers, I think that's one where people have been saying the Timbers don't sell enough you know players and make enough money off profit from from transfer sales. Um that would be a way to get a decent little chunk of change. So yeah, that's my spicy prediction.
0: I like it. It's like a, it's like a good like if you're if we're talking about like hot wings, it's like a good kind of like a nice level of heat. It's not not too unbearable. Could see it happening, but ooh, that's spicy. Sorry. A little bit of little habanero
2: special. maybe.
0: There it is. There it is. I don't eat yeah. I don't need hot wings so much. I'm Got out
2: fire on the mountain. PDX <laughs> represent.
0: Come sponsor us. Um, <laughs> that, that That's a great point, Alex. You referenced about Juan Mascara, who we, sh- we should highlight here too, is technically, it looks like, no longer a U22 player. Um, he's not taking up one of Portland's U22 spots. Portland signed him to a new deal There's not a ton of specifics for how, which mechanism they kind of pulled, but under the new roster rules, it sounds like they used some form of allocation money to buy down essentially his U22 status, which leaves um, Santiago Moreno, David Shala, and Anthony as three U22 players on Portland's roster. Um, You don't sign Juan to a longer contract if you're not hoping to either, A, keep him in town for a long time, or B, make something off of that. Otherwise, he'd probably just run out whatever contract he had signed. So I think that that is within the realm, very much within the realm of possibility, seeing him sold. I love the thought of he's leading the team in assists and then they sell him because that would just be perfectly on brand for the Timbers to be like, oh my gosh, we're finally getting good production and he's gone. So
2: that would make so many fans mad, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if (laughs) it comes in and they like it, be prepared
0: MLS is a business at the end of the day you have to remember where you are where you' sit in the ecosystem all right Book what is your wild crazy prediction
1: uh okay like uh I think with with the addition of Kamal Miller and uh switching back to most likely a three back for the majority of the season and Max uh as the backstop I think uh this team is going to be a top 10 defense um I think I think that's a huge improvement obviously but I think what Alex said uh a while ago, but Max being one of the best goalkeepers they've had in a long time uh, is very obvious when you see training and just kind of his work ethic alone. Um, so like them to be a top 10. And then I did say earlier, you know, that the leading scorer is going to be a midfielder um, this year. So I don't think it's going to be the DP. I think it's going to be a midfielder? midfielder. Yeah. So either Evander or Santiago will be one. Choice to lead. huh?
0: Take one. We're gonna force your hand here. Which midfielder?
1: Oh, time just for spice because... okay I'll, I'll i'll go off on a weird one uh i'll, I'll say santiago i'll say santiago I, I know he i think he's gonna lead the team in goal contributions for sure i just don't know if it's goals so yeah i
0: like that sounds yeah. like we're gonna lead the team in goal contributions. that's a good mm-hmm. one that's mm-hmm. good um so for i'm gonna ask you too when you say top 10 defense are you talking top 10 in mls top 10 in the western conference where, where are you feeling
1: in the league. So top 10 in least goals allowed. There you go.
0: Portland was uh third bottom in goals allowed last season. So that would be one heck of a turnaround. <laughs> they allowed uh, 58 goals in 2023. Only two teams allowed more, the LA galaxy and Toronto. Um, so that would be a heck of a turnaround. Portland's made the investment in the position. So that would be really impressive if they do my, and this is, I think a spicier take is that, um one player who is currently on the timbers midfield like one of the portland timbers midfielders one of the current midfielders on the roster will not end the season as a portland timbers player portland has a lot of depth at midfield i would argue almost too much there's a lot of players that are younger that you know they're not like like yes there's diego char but there's a lot of players that are also probably looking for minutes probably wanting to prove themselves maybe looking for bigger moves um, I could see one of the Timbers' midfielders getting traded to another MLS team, maybe be transfer abroad, looking for that. Um, it would be a heck of a move, but the first player that's coming to mind when I see this is Christian Paredes. Uh, Paredes, for those that haven't really been following offseason that closely, which, to be fair, yeah, get that, um, he hasn't been starting with the first-team group. It's been Eric Williamson and Diego Chara in the middle of the field. Um, which I would say is a significant development based upon Paredes' kind of you know steadying presence that he brought into the midfield. I know some people on social media or maybe Timbers fans maybe see something different in Paredes, which fair. He's maybe not the most prolific of passers, maybe he doesn't bring the most to the offense. But as far as a box to box number eight, he brings a lot of the things that you'd like. So I think it's an important. It's important to note that like Williamson starting over him. That's a big deal. Like that is a significant development for the Timbers. So I can see a player like Paredes potentially being transferred. If David Shala just doesn't pan out, do you transfer him? Do you put him on loan? You know, if it's Eric Williamson, is Eric Williamson really impressed and a good bid comes in? Um, Or, and if you want to just really throw spice into the wind, what if it's Evander? Evander talked today. There's news came out that there was indeed a bid. Put in by, sounds like it was Flamenco in Brazil for Evander. What if the summer window rolls around? Flamenco comes back with a better offer, Evander maybe isn't having the best season in Portland. Timbers decide, all right, it'll make more sense for us to take this DP off the books, get that spot open, try to figure out something from there. I could see that happening as well. So one of those midfielders, so if we're going to be specific, okay, so that's one of the midfielders, it could be Santiago Moreno, Evander. I'm not going to put Chara because Chara ain't going anywhere. Eric Williamson, WD Shell, or Christian Perez. One of those players will not end the season on the Timber's roster. They'll be elsewhere. Um, I think that's a position if you want like the most like drama or like spice for the season. That that that's where I would put it.
2: I think one thing to to carry on your point there is that three of those names you've mentioned now: Evander this offseason with Flamengo, Christian Perez last year with Club America. And Eric Williamson, a couple seasons ago, being rumored to go to New England, uh, all those guys have been linked away with moves away in the past couple seasons. Um, so I think I think that is a pretty good take. And I would go as far to say, by mid by the summer transfer window, and that rolls around, whichever one of uh, Williamson or Paredes has not been starting, I could see that player being being sold.
0: It, the, the, there's been a history of, like, it's weird that there's been players asking for trades. Like, Santiago Moreno apparently asked for a transfer last summer. Um, you know, you saw, apparently there was rumors at Darius Parvich, so, you know, it's not something that Ned Grabovoy is necessarily unfamiliar with, is, is Timbers players asking for transfers. Well, will have oh, yeah, to see. Who uh, is uh, still on the Timbers roster, by the way. Still
2: Ned there. said that there should be some clarity on that soon. Very so. soon, quote-unquote. Yeah
0: also because we needed to talk about it. We've danced around this or also some clarity around Harvey Neville um, being on the Timbers. He's been trialing with the Timbers despite technically being on the roster of inter Miami. Um, So, you know, it sounds like that was a move for potentially more of kind of Harvey Neville's kind of development, kind of helping to get more maybe familiarity, you know, playing with your dad as the son of a coach himself. There's some familiarity there. So I totally get it. Um, it remains to be seen whether that was angling for a move. If the Timbers do want to sign him, there's going to be some hoops they have to jump through. Because again, he is still technically under contract with Inter Miami. I know single NC with MLS, contracts can get shuffled around pretty easily. Um, and that being said, you know, they probably would have to send some chunk of allocation money or something the other way to Miami to kind of get that. So I think boy also said there will be some resolution with Neville and Ivicic um, in the next you know, very soon, I think, is this time frame that he gave for us. Like been promised, very soon, the Timbers will also be playing uh, a game of professional soccer against the Colorado Rapids. It's hard, as always, at the beginning of the season to predict kind of how games are going to go, to have a preview for teams you're going to go. It's especially hard when the team that you cover, one of them has a new pl- a new coach, kind of potentially a new style of play, you know, kind of like a new kind of like analogy. It's even harder still when you have two teams that have that uh, that have that history with a new coach, new style of play. Um, the Colorado Rapids have made significant changes more than Portland uh, going into Saturday or going into the the 2024 season. They brought on uh, Chris Armas as their new head coach. They made um, a shrewd offseason signing with uh, uh, buying uh, with transferring uh, Georgi Mihailovic from uh, the Netherlands. I think he was in the Netherlands to to come in you know to give them a lot of midfielders presumably new style of play so a little bit of a new look kind of rapid side kind of coming to kind of coming to portland i'd love to hear from you guys what type of game are you kind of expecting kind of on saturday
2: well i'm right in saying that last season the home opener was kansas city and they won one nil right one after a,
0: yes after a snowstorm <laughs> Need to remind folks, it was delayed like two days. I think by a snowstorm. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. Anyways, uh, I would expect a similar sort of scoreline and affair with this one. Kind of a cagey match. Like early season games are always just like it feels defined on on lucky moments, unless you're one of the top teams in the league, which I don't think either the Timbers or Rapids could call themselves at this moment. So I would expect a low-scoring game, uh, a 1-0, a 1-1, one one, but my official prediction is going to be 2-1 to the Timbers for that. I don't know if that was too early for a score prediction, uh, but... Nah,
0: let's go for okay. it. Two
2: <laughs> one <to the> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say 2-1. I think DiRon and Santi get goals. I'd be happy with that.
0: Vuk, <laughs> what do you think? Similarly optimistic?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they're playing at home. I I do think uh, the Timbers have less moving pieces uh, from last year uh, playing this game. So I think that does give them a huge advantage um, as Colorado's uh, fitting in a, a lot of new players, obviously, a lot of key pieces. Uh, I do think Zach Steffen's going to be really good this year. I really, I really do like him. I think he's going to get a lot of <laughs> – this is not a good thing for Colorado, but I think he's going to get a lot of work back there. Um, maybe not this particular game. But uh, this season in general, he will. Uh, but I do love Max. Assuming Max is ready to go uh, with his green card and everything. Uh, I do love Max in this game. I think Max can come up big. Uh, I don't see Colorado scoring more than one goal on Portland if they do score. But I think this is going to be really ugly. A lot of teams are going to be really rusty still. Um, nobody's really played 90-90 minutes like, consistently enough during the preseason. So I, I see it as like 1-0 um, or 1-1. But I, I my gut says 1-0 Portland. Uh, I think... Santi does score or assist on the goal I just don't know which one he prefers um but yeah I think it's gonna be an ugly game I think Portland's gonna have more possession I would say about 55% 60% possession uh in this game um but they're not gonna I don't think they're gonna do too much with it I think they're just gonna try to control the game um keep the crowd into it uh and then try to let Colorado try to counter on them um and I think Zach Kamal and um Dario are gonna shut it down pretty nicely so
2: I just want to shout out Zach Steph, Zach Stefan, really quick for his uh, performance against Liverpool a couple seasons ago in the FA Cup semi final. Um, just, just magnificent work between the sticks, Zach. Thank you so much. That was truly a, a spectacle of goalkeeping. But yeah,
1: there's I think Liverpool, the- if there's yeah. a
0: Liverpool reference to be made, you know Alex Barnes will find it, He'll be able to make it on on this Timbers and Thorns Focus podcast.
2: I will find it every time.
0: But
1: yeah, no, I really am excited for this goalkeeping matchup, though, like big time. So yeah. I completely forgot that
0: they signed Zach Steffen. Thanks for reminding me, Fook. Um, I, I'm very ignorant to like MLS teams making transfers. that I'm like, wait, they got that guy? That sort of thing? Like, I was shocked when I saw Tyler Boyd starting for the Galaxy last year. I'm like, what? And he isn't even with the Galaxy anymore. I think he's with Nashville. So it goes to show, man, just some of the transfers. I agree with you, Fuke, that, you know, Rapids are, Zach Steffen's probably going to get a lot of a lot of time <laughs> stopping, stopping shots as is Maxine Crepo. I think it's worth saying as well. Portland, despite betting a better defense has always kind of been built on the back of having a strong goalkeeper. So presuming he crepo gets the green card process all figured out, which it sounds like he should. It sounds like that's the big reason why he missed their last preseason game. It sounds like he should be good to go for their, their opening match. That alone, I think gives Portland as like as good of a chance as any other team in their home opener. Um, I think a lot of this game, it's weird to say that a game when you're at home will be determined by how the opponent plays, but it depend on how the Rapids want to play, Chris Armas, not counting his very weird random stint as Toronto head coach for like a few months, um, when he took over the New York Red Bulls uh, very much kind of like that Red Bull heavy metal kind of pressing style of play. It'll be a question of does he want to bring that to Colorado? Does he think the Rapids team is built like that? Um, What type of style of play does he want to play um what type of soccer does Phil Neville want to play he says he wants to control the ball fine Portland's one of Portland's biggest defensive weaknesses last year was how well they defended in transition rather how poorly they defended in transition how well they how they did they did a they they struggled to scramble back and defend if opponents could get in if you're trying to control the ball kind of opens you up for more countering opportunities by that so the question is you know, how well will Neville handle when things go wrong? Like I've said, kind of the big question. That being said, I do think playing at home is a big plus. A lot of Timber's roster mostly being the same is a big plus. There's still a lot of familiarity within the roster, more so probably than maybe the Rapids have at the moment based upon key contributors. So I do agree that I think it'll be cagey. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, I think that I will lean towards a 2-0 Timbers win. I'm going to be the most optimistic out of all of us because somebody's got to. Um, I don't think it'll be like an easy cruising to 2-0 win. I think they'll probably score one kind of like crap, uh, like scramble in the box off off a set piece. Love to see Zach McGraw score. That'd be pretty cool. Noted friend of the pod, Zach McGraw will say as well scoring uh the first goal and then i could see colorado pushing and pushing and pushing for an equalizer we all get stressed out of our minds for about an hour and then on a breakaway yeah i'll give it to santiago moreno we'll probably score just one goal in like the 89th 87th minute something like that just to kind of ice it so yeah that'd be nice And me a good reward for santi too who you know kind of recommitted to portland he has more family kind of in town now got rewarded with a new contract um is kind of being uh as kind of being tagged by a lot of league types as you know, kind of like young, exciting player to watch, like on the Timbers, you know, it's kind of like the player who's kind of primed for a bigger kind of breakout season. Um, so, regardless of how it turns, uh, how how it goes out, you will be able to see <laughs> on uh, Saturday night. Um, yes, Fook.
1: who starts as the nine if Felipe can't go? What do we think? I think Tyrone. Yeah,
0: Ooh, I was going to say Nathan. I think Nathan oh. probably.
2: Dairon did in uh, practice today.
0: A little insider knowledge. And that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be fun. Darren Espria with, with Anthony uh, Man in the one wing and Santiago Moreno on the other. Um, that would be a heck of a way to open things off. We're immediately starting with the Darren Espria center forward experience. I do think Felipe Mora is going to be good to go. But then again, you hurt your toe and it hurts. Probably don't want to push it on the turf. There's no point in... Mm-hmm getting yourself super injured when it's not even March yet. I don't think that would be smart for Felipe Mora for the Timbers. So hopefully they play that smartly. If it is Daron Espria, I hope he scores and I hope we get the backflips.
2: Um, you hurt here first folks. You hurt your toe. It hurts. <laughs> I just wanted somebody... to touch on Moreno and uh, Juan too really quick. Both those dudes got contract extensions this off the happiest i've seen them in a press conference or training in a long time today both those guys were just smiling and cracking jokes and stuff it was, it was very funny
0: that's amazing it's it kind of fits their personalities they're better when they're playing as somebody who like just to go back to the toe comment i once dislocated a toe while playing soccer it was not fun um so and yeah it hurt <laughs> if you hurt the toe it hurts <laughs> so <laughs> Wishing Felipe Mora's her toe in fast recovery. Um, feels like we're starting to go off the rails, which is probably a good time to end it. Um, like we said, Portland Timbers 2024 MLS season. kicks off on Saturday night, Providence Park, 7.30 p.m. If you can't make it to the stadium, you can watch it on uh, MLS season pass on Apple. Um, I believe I saw that the commentators for the game are going to be Mark, uh, Rondino and uh, Heath Pierce. So they've called Timbers games in the past, so... Their returners. Hopefully, they'll give a good broadcast. We will see. Uh, while we're talking broadcasting, shout out to Diego Valeri, who is leaning into the Spanish-language broadcast, or Spanish-language broadcasts for uh, Apple, for MLS this season. For as, like, the English-speaking equivalent, for, like, Jake 7 and Taylor Troman, that's, like, Apple's quote-unquote A-team. It sure mm-hmm. seems like Diego Valeri is kind of part of the A-team for Apple. For evidence for that, he's calling two Inter-Miami games, y'all. Diego Valeri... Noted best Argentine as an MLS um, is calling for another Argentine guy named Messi. Um, so, shouts to Diego Valeri. Great for him to continue his broadcast career. Um, getting some more positivity and praise. Good for him. Uh, for us, want- oh, Sam, we will all be... Oh, Sam, quick shout out. Yeah, right? go ahead.
1: Uh, to the Thorns on the U.S. Women's National Team, we have Sam Coffey, Olivia Moultrie, Sophia Smith, and Becky Saubron all starting tonight. Thank you, Wilder, just for sending us that.
0: Yeah, I think we're recording this on Tuesday night, which is the opening uh, games of the CONCACAF to Gold Cup. The U.S. Women's National Team is playing and all four thornies are starting. Heck yes. Let's hope Sophia Smith brace, or, uh, Sophia Smith hat trick. Let's make it a hat trick. Um, Olivia Moultrie assist, uh, Sam Coffey assist. And let's get Becky Sauerbrunn her goal, y'all. Come on. Let's yeah. get her, her U.S. Women's that- National Team goal. Yep. <laughs> cool think that will just about do it for us. Uh, we will be covering the game from all coverage. We'll have a lot of Timbers preview content coming up on the site the rest of this week. Obviously on Saturday, we'll have a normal a coverage. Uh, thank you both for joining me so much. Alex Barnes, thank you so much. Final thoughts?
2: Final thoughts? I cannot wait till the season starts. It is my favorite time of year. My favorite place to go is Providence Park. I, I just cannot wait to watch some soccer in pdx again
0: it feels good uh, let's enjoy this moment it feels good for the optimism the energy the positivity of the season to be here let's enjoy it for as long as it lasts Fu quinn thank you so much for joining me uh final thoughts
1: i'm scared excited and nervous all at the same time so uh for the season to start um yeah, that's, I'll I'll leave it at that. I think everyone knows I'm worried about many things right now uh, happening on the pitch. What could happen, what might not happen, you know, slow starts, things like that. So let's, let's just hope, you know, let's just hope.
0: Scared, excited, and nervous, the Portland Timbers experience. <laughs> My final thoughts are, is it's good to be able to write about soccer again. It's tough when you're kind of trying to look at things, look off of rumors, look off of preseason games and, you know, grainy iPhone footage. Um, It's exciting to be able to watch soccer again, y'all. I agree. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you all so much for subscribing to Stumptown Footy. Please go and give us a subscribe at stumptownfooty.substack.com. Great content kind of coming up, including more podcast episodes to come soon. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll talk to you later. Bye.